Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Okay, so if CBS is going to play it at the end of the tournament, we might as well just lead off the tournament with it, right? I know how a lot of people feel about one shining moment. Don't ask Rod Babers, by the way. There's some that don't like it. But for me, it's kind of an anthem of this tournament is underway. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, and AM 1260. And uh, streaming, as always, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. We wish you good morning from downtown Des Moines, Iowa. Site of, of course, first and second round action of the NCAA tournament where tonight the number two seed Texas Longhorns will take on the Colgate Raiders in the uh, first round at the Wells Fargo Arena. About uh, half a mile to our uh, north is uh, where the arena is, where the Longhorns will take on uh, the uh, champions of the Patriot League, uh, that being uh, the Colgate Raiders. So, uh, we're getting you ready for it, obviously, today. Uh, my partner, Jeff Howe, will join me uh, here right, right around the bottom of the hour. He was finishing up some work for Horns 24-7 and then uh, headed over here to join me in the uh, Longhorn Team Headquarter Hotels where we're doing the uh, program from. And glad to have you with us. Our, our uh, producer, Cameron Parker, who's been working hard getting things ready for this one back uh, at the ARN cal- uh, compound here this morning. How are you doing this morning, Cam? Craig, with spring break, there was no traffic on the drive-in. I got here like 15 minutes early. It was incredible. <laughs> That's nice. That, that, that works out really well. I guess we can it enjoy it for, for what it's worth here. So we've got a couple more days of that before spring break abates over the weekend and do it. Now, did, did you have to dig very far to find the, uh, the one shining moment there to, to lead off the program with? Well, there's about... 40 different versions I've noticed on YouTube. So I went with the one that yeah. was most played. This is the Luther Vandross version. You yeah, got like Luther a, Vandross. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Teddy Pendergrass has a version. Uh, Golden mm-hmm. Street Prelude has a per- version. Um, there's a, you know, like the March Madness version. So I went with the, the Luther one. So hopefully that was the one you were looking for. It, it's close enough. Put it that way. Uh, and and uh, I think that's the, the one that CBS uses or the CBS Turner group uses. It's, it's, it's close enough anyway 
and uh, it's close enough to get us uh, ready for this NCAA tournament. So, yes, uh, we'll talk uh, some bracket things. We've got comments uh, from Rodney Terry from the news conference yesterday. It was there in Wells Fargo Arena. In fact, I even asked one of the questions. I, I normally don't ask questions at news conferences uh, when uh, of Texas coaches. The reason why is I know a lot of other people don't get that m- much of an opportunity to ask the head coach that question except in those kind of formal press conference settings. And uh, obviously I, I get a one-on-one with the coach before every game. So I usually just leave it to uh, you know the others to ask. But in this specific case, and the same thing happened when the players' availability happened, and that was before Rodney Terry was on. And uh, I asked Timmy Allen, it was the first question out of the box, only because when they said, well, we'll open it up for the student-athletes, there wasn't immediately anybody raising their hand. So I thought, okay, let me just make sure we're official on this. And so I asked Timmy, are you going to be good to go? Uh, How are you feeling? He said 100% uh, ready to go. He said full speed. Uh, I'll be out there. So obviously Timmy Allen is – is back and ready to go. And then and then for Rodney Terry, it was kind of a follow-up to a question that someone asked Marcus Carr. And, and we'll get to that coming up here in, in just a few moments. We're going to let you hear uh, from Rodney both this hour and next hour. Also, a conversation with Bob Donawal. Now, he's uh, the, trusted, the trusted associate head coach, Bob Donawal, uh, and you know, kind of the offensive coordinator of the team, if you will, a little bit. And and Bob has coached all over the world. He's coached in Russia and coached in China and coached their national teams and and coached at the collegiate level. He also has coached at the professional level. What professional level? Well, he coached what was then the D-League, now the G-League, you know, the, the minor league for the NBA. He coached the D-League team for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That D-League team was the Iowa Energy right here in this town, and uh, played at Wells Fargo Arena. That's where they played. And uh, so we had a little bit of fun with a a brief visit with him to talk about that as well. So that's coming up. Uh, We obviously have Inconceivable, which we'll get to, uh, but we'll have uh, Jeff Howe for the notebooks also at the bottom of this and the next hour. Okay, so um, we'll save some of the specifics of the bracket uh, talks and picks coming up for when Jeff gets here as well because I want to hear uh, his pick as, as, as we get going. Uh, and, of course, the tournament itself, the 64-team bracket, uh, gets underway just past 11 o'clock this morning. So you have uh, approximately 50 minutes if you haven't uh, taken part in the Horns Bracket Challenge, the All-Stat uh, All uh, Bracket Challenge. You have about 50 minutes to do that uh, in the Bracket Madness uh, Challenge. So you have uh, that much time. The March Bracket Challenge, the Allstat uh, March uh, Bracket Challenge for Allstat. And um, you could win a 55-inch uh, LG Smart TV from our good friend Tom McKay and audiovisual consultation. So um, you have until about uh, the top of the hour. And if you haven't registered for a contest before, you certainly have the opportunity to do that. You just, you know, go in and register and then uh, submit your uh, pick. So you have an opportunity to do that. And um, and I'll tell you what, I actually submitted a bracket in uh, the bracket challenge, and I will uh, I will reveal uh, my bracket. I'll talk about that coming up as well as 
We'll hear what Cam has to say about his bracket, and and also uh, we'll hear from Jeff Howe. So we'll do that. But right now, I, I want to uh, bring you some of this audio from uh, Rodney Terry, the Longhorns interim head coach, from the news conference yesterday. And, uh, you know, the team went through uh, their, uh, you know, their 40 minutes on the floor. <clears throat> Each of the teams get 40 minutes on the floor. And they did that. They had a full practice yesterday at Handel University. They are not allowed to have a shoot-around inside the arena today. There will be a shoot-around uh, that they'll they'll have uh, later on this morning, I think, uh, at uh, Drake University. They'll go over to uh, Drake, which is nearby. It's not there's a lot that's not far. You can get to most of the things pretty easily, even from where the team is headquartered here in downtown. You can get around to it uh, pretty easily. Drake's not far from it, so they're going to go over uh, to Drake for their uh, shoot around today. But they had their 40 minutes on the floor. All the teams did. In case you're wondering, Texas did continue its tradition of of uh, launching T-shirts into the stands to the fans who came out for the open practice. Uh, in fact, uh, of the teams that were here yesterday, I was a little surprised by this, Texas was the only one that had its ban there uh, that I saw, I saw at the time there. Um, Arkansas didn't have a ban. Illinois didn't have its ban there. Now, now they all obviously have their bans for the games, their basketball pep bans and, and the like. But they didn't. Uh, but Texas had its uh, ban, its basketball ban, uh, you know, fired up and playing uh, throughout the 40 minutes that the Longhorns were on the floor yesterday. And there was a, a decent Longhorn fan contingent. Of course, remember, Kansas is playing in this in this building as well. They're in a different region. They're in the West region, but they start off in this pod as uh they're kind of referred to quite commonly as the pods and they're they're playing uh you know the first game of the day here at one o'clock against howard university but they had the first workout the first 40 minutes on the floor uh or i think illinois did first and then kansas and howard and and then uh and then arkansas afterwards those four i did visit with uh several members of the kansas contingent and they are, and this is the way it's being described, hopeful. And I guess that's the best way to describe it. They are, they are hopeful that that Bill Self will be back on the sidelines. But it's not a guarantee that that uh, Bill Self will be back on the, uh, the, on the bench today for Kansas, uh, as he had that procedure that he underwent during the Big Twelve Conference tournament. So it's not it's not a guarantee that he'll uh, be there. But they. They're hopeful that he'll be there. And that was one of the takeaways I had from yesterday over the workouts. Okay, now to uh, the press conference. As I mentioned, the players went first, and um, and it was uh, Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr and Brock Cunningham. And just to make sure uh, to, that this was clear right from the start, this, this, I think, was the ender, or it was right very close to the end, uh, the question that was asked of uh, uh, somebody asked of all three of uh, Brock Cunningham, Marcus Carr, and Timmy Allen, uh, what they thought of of Chris Beard taking the head coaching job at Mississippi State at Mississippi at Ole Miss, and Brock was the first to answer, and he said, uh, "heard heard about the news, something like that." He said, uh, uh, "something like I, I'm 
I wish Coach Beard well and good luck to Ole Miss. And that was pretty much what he said. And the other two guys pretty much echoed it. Said uh, Marcus Carr said the same thing. Wish him well. Good luck to that. And Timmy Allen pretty much said, yeah, uh, same for me. So that that was all that was asked of and all that was said of with regard to that because they're clearly dialed in on the this press car or this team and this game and getting ready for the matchup. So that's what the the conversation was all about. All right. So then uh, you know, and they had that was at the tail end of it after they talked about um, you know what what's worked for them as a team and the togetherness and uh, Rodney Terry or what Coach Terry has done with them and how they've been so galvanized and all that. So they they finished up their media session, and then Rodney Terry came in and. Um, uh, Cam, we'll just go in the order of these that that uh, that that I've given you the the one through eight. We'll just go in numerical order. We'll start on this and this sound. Uh, this first one uh, was basically his opening statement because they do ask the coaches to make an opening statement. Sometimes the coaches don't want to do that; they just want to jump right into the questions. But they asked Rodney Terry for an opening statement, and and this was part of it basically uh, when he was talking about the matchup that they're going to have tonight with the Colgate Raiders. Got a, a really tough matchup with Colgate. Matt very, has done a great job with this program there. Uh, I think this is a four straight NCAA uh, appearance uh, in a row. And uh, older team, a lot of guys have played in, a, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've played in a lot of big games um, over the past you know, few years. Um, this season, beat, a, you know, beat Syracuse this year at Syracuse. Um, you're going to get a team that's going to take care of the basketball, play with a great pace. One of the best shooting teams in the country. Um, you know, can put a lot of pressure on us defensively to get back and, and sit down and guard. Uh, but uh, a really, really good ball club that uh, we're going to have a great challenge with. Yeah, uh, so since we're on the subject of Colgate and this matchup with the Raiders, um, the, the whole thing came up, and it came up two or three times, this, this business of being a two seed against a 15 seed. And... Uh, being uh, heavily favored and all that kind of stuff, and whether uh, a team that comes in as a double-digit seed uh, might be a little cow-eyed by all of that. And, and uh, one thing that Rodney was talking about is you're not going to see that with Colgate because we are, after all, talking about a program uh, that is the annual, uh, uh, the perennial favorite to win the Patriot League. And uh, over the past five seasons, they've won four regular season championships. They secured the program's first four 20-win seasons. They've won four Patriot League tournament titles and made four NCAA tournament appearances. Now, they've lost all four of those as a double-digit seed, but they play team stuff. I, I, I did the broadcast of a game for Westwood One uh, four years ago when they played Tennessee, and they played the Volunteers, uh, a Rick Barnes coach team, off their feet. And I think it was a 3-14 matchup. Uh, maybe a two fifteen matchup like this, but it, anyway, it was one of those deals. But Rodney Terry's quick to point out, you know, Colgate's got enough skins on the wall that playing in the NCAA tournament is not going to make them wide-eyed. Well, they're not going to be intimidated by us for sure. They've been in this environment before, and they have the experience uh, as a team. Um, I think I think the thing for us, you know, we know that this is a a really really good shooting team here, you know, and. Uh, we're going to have to do a great job of really trying to defend the three-point line and keep these guys off the glass and have a really good, you know, uh, urgency to get back on defense because they play with a really good pace of play on offense as well. Uh, just a really, really good team. I mean, 
But for us, we feel like we've been battle-tested. We played in the Big 12, the best league in the country, and every night you had to bring your A game, and we're going to have to bring our A game. We know in the, in the first round here against a well-coached team in Colgate. So for us, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of just the next game up on the schedule in terms of another big game. Every game's been a big game for us uh, throughout the course of, uh, of conference play as well. Now, Rodney Terry by no means is saying that – playing Colgate is the same as playing Kansas or playing Baylor or, you know, uh, playing Kansas State or, or anybody like that. He's not saying that. He's talking about pressure-packed games. The, the pressure-packed environment is no bigger than it is in the NCAA tournament because it's win or go home. So it, it can be one and done no matter who the seed is. Now, as to the deal about uh, comparisons – in the players' media availability, Marcus Carr was asked by one member of the media if if there was anybody that they played this season was like Colgate. And Marcus couldn't really think of anybody offhand, but he was mainly talking about style of play and how Colgate plays in terms of style. But I went ahead and asked Rodney Terry the exact same question at the news conference. Uh, again, another one of those deals just to clear the deck and get that out of the way. And, and uh, I asked him, uh, you know, uh, Marcus was asked this question about comparisons. And I said, let me put it to you this way. Is there any team that your team has played that Colgate reminds you of in how they guard or how they play or how they shoot? And, and Rodney had uh, an answer that involved two teams that are in this tournament and who are very good basketball teams that Colgate does have some similarities to. Baylor puts so much pressure on you shooting the basketball at every position, uh, and, and their guards can really score the ball. Uh, Colgate's guards are really good. They can really shoot the basketball and score the basketball. Um, Creighton was you know, really good offensively as well and played with a great pace. So I'd, I'd say those two probably opponents we had this year uh, would be guys that we really had to defend the three-point line with, um, get back in transition with, just put a lot of pressure on you defensively. And, and uh, that's what Colgate does to you. They, they really make you have to sit down and guard and, and play really hard on defense. Yeah, so he's not saying that Colgate is Baylor or the, the, that they're Creighton. He's talking about the style of play and what the kind of pressure that their guards can put on a defense by the way they can they screen their ball screening action is really good and how they can get open and they knock down threes as we know that's the one thing that came off of this deal was that in in this matchup is that they shoot nearly 51% beyond the arc so they lead the nation in three point field goal percentage so that's that's a big part of it so now uh you know, they get ready to take on this Creighton team, and Texas has been on a roll, as we know, and they swept through the Big 12 tournament. And you think about it, the uh, the four-in-a-row wins that they've had since that loss uh, 15 days ago to – is it 15 days ago? I'm, just, I'm trying to make sure I've, I've got this right. Uh, oh, yeah, it was 15 days ago uh, that uh, on March 1st, the uh, Wednesday night loss in Fort Worth to TCU. That's the last time I've lost a ball game because they've come back. They beat Kansas on senior day and to close out the regular season then swept all three games in the Big 12 tournament. So things have been going well for this team. And now they get ready to take on 
Colgate as a substantial favorite. So, again, the question was put to Rodney Terry about pressure as a higher-seeded team. And I know folks want to look to just two years ago when Texas was a three-seed, Abilene Christian was a 14-seed, and the Longhorns lost that game. They played awful that night, didn't shoot the ball, turned the ball over a lot. It was a different team in time. I mean, the only connective tissue really between then and now is Brock Cunningham, who was a part of that team then and now and wasn't uh, the, the part of the – uh, of that team the way he's the part of this team now. Different coaching staff, different players. Uh, so it, it's a lot different. So when the question about pressure comes up to Rodney Terry, he says it's no different than than how they have had to manage pressure during the course of the year. You know, we've been in a really pretty good routine and, and groove uh, the way we kind of do things on a daily basis. And, uh, um, you know, I, I encourage our guys when they're doing really good things and uh, try to keep, you know, a really positive attitude uh, and approach in everything that we do. Um, even when we experience some adversity, we, we try not to be too negative with our guys. And I think if you have that kind of approach and, and great spirit about yourself every day in, in, in life in general, I, I think you'll be, you know, uh, you'll be where you need to be. And I always tell our guys, you know, pressure is if you had to go out, you know, and, and do something that you hadn't worked on and prepared for, you know. And we're going to be prepared for a really good Colgate team. And, uh, you know, all we have to do is go play the game and get out there and really get lost in competing at a high level. It's like no different than what they've got to do in the classroom. If you go in and take an exam, it's a lot of pressure on you. If you go in there, you're not prepared. But if you're prepared, you go in there and take that exam, man. You just knock that exam right out. So, you know, preparation trumps pressure. You just go play. Yeah. <laughs> preparation trumps pressure. You know, the, the, the players laugh and joke a lot about a lot of Rodney's phrases and conversations. We 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 talked about this. I think at our last show at Pluckers, uh, which was two weeks ago tonight, uh, we talked about the, the phrases like uh, meat and potatoes and live where your feet are and things like that. Uh, remember, you got to remember Rodney's a coach's kid as well, and we're going to hear some of that next hour. Uh, how he's dedicated this season to the memory of his father, whom he lost. In August, we'll hear some more of that uh, coming up next hour. Uh, it is official, and I, it, judging from the vibe I got from the Kansas folks yesterday I visited with, uh, this comes as no surprise. Bill Self is not going to coach the Jayhawks today, so that's that's official. He he will miss today's first round NCAA tournament game. He is hoping uh, to be available for their second round game, assuming Kansas defeats Howard. <laughs> So one versus a 16, and uh, he would hope to be able to join the team for their second-round matchup against the uh, winner of Arkansas and Illinois. So that's that's what his hope is, is that he'll be able uh, to do that. But no Bill Self today. He will not coach the Jayhawks today in their first-round game. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Jeff Howell joins me. We'll have our Longhorn Notebook. Um, we've, uh, we'll hear from Bob Donawald. Uh, we'll hear some more from Rodney Terry coming up next hour as well. We have Inconceivable and a lot more to come as we continue from here in Des Moines, Iowa, side of the NCAA first round Midwest region action at Wells Fargo Arena. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the tower. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, and yes, my co host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, proud graduate of Florence High School. And you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24 7. Jeff Howe. Now in the building and on the program. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Yeah. Just last minute uh, filling out the old bracket. We're do, we do a family bracket challenge. Myself, my wife, my brother, and my sister-in-law. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, nice. I think uh, I think my sister-in-law won last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, uh, I do a similar one with, uh, it's kind of my family, extended family. It's like anybody that that's out of my siblings and relatives and stuff, is, is welcome to join it. And the name of our 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 group that we do is Way Grocery. Ah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Remember that, the yeah. Way Grocery? Yeah. I, that was my, uh, my grandfather ran a grocery store, a small grocery store in Ashburn, North Carolina, for 55 years, I think from 1923 to 1978. And, uh, and it, so uh, in, in honor of him, we we call it Way Grocery. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's in uh, that he's in our memory and all that. So anyway, we do we do the deal on that. Uh, I think I won it last year, but um, two years ago, twenty twenty one, the pandemic year, um, the bracket was won uh, handily, I think, by none other than Linda Thorpe. Now Linda Way, <laughs> she won it then. But like I've, I've got what um, uh, two of my brothers are in it. My two sons are in it. I mentioned Linda is in it. My brother's ex-wife is in it. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's there's and and his son, my nephew, is in it. So anyway, there's a, we have a, uh, one of those uh, one of those bracket things. I do want to get into some more bracket conversation, uh, but right now let's get to our first hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that's to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval a guarantee, a reality. Check her out at bowersockteam.com. How about your impressions of yesterday's uh, yeah. news conference? We were hanging out together in the building yesterday. Yeah, I, I heard you. I heard some of it on the way in talking about Texas doing the T-shirt toss. And when Texas <laughs> got introduced, uh, it, it's it's funny. You know, Brock talked about it. Uh, I think even RT RT was asked about it. I don't know if you addressed. I don't think he addressed it directly, but he was asked about it. And maybe Marcus talked about it, but. You know, Texas Texas isn't very well liked universally when they go on the road. Yeah. And when you think about this pod, uh-huh. you've got Kansas fans in the building. You've got plenty of Iowa State gear yep. in the building. You've got Aggies in the building. And you've got Razorbacks in the building. Yeah. So while That's there, quite the cocktail. While there was 
some cheers yesterday. Yeah. You could definitely hear the booze when Texas Texas got on the floor. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't go to the press conference. Uh, I went to the open locker room. Yes. I knew you went there when I went into yeah. the presser. I didn't see in the presser, and I knew that's where you went to the open locker room. Yeah. So I I hung out there with a few different players. You know you know who I think maybe one of the most misunderstood guys on this team is? Who's that? I think Tyrese Hunter is one of the more misunderstood guys on this team. That's a good point. Like, I, you know, I think some people got a negative impression of him because, quite frankly, he wasn't playing well at some yeah. point during the year. Yeah. But, you know, the more you hang around him, the more you realize he's mature, he's introspective, he'll give you a thoughtful answer, uh, and just, just, an, just a great competitor. Yeah. On the floor. So, I just, I don't know. I'm fascinated by him. I'm fascinated by Dylan Mitchell, too. Like, Demas, yeah. for being such a young kid, just, again, real introspective, wants to give you a thoughtful answer. And I say that. I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. I mean, some guys, you know, they'll give you the answer that they think you want to hear. But, that, yeah. you know, those guys really put some thought into it. He, uh, Dylan is one of those very expressive Young men yeah. that had demonstrates those kind of childlike qualities, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. Not childish, just childlike. So it's funny because we were talking yesterday about some RT sayings and, you know, to live where your feet are. Yeah. Uh, Dylan said he couldn't think of one that stood out that really made him scratch his head. Tyrese said, you know, he's like, he's like I don't know if it's a southern thing. He's like, but when he says the hay's in the barn, yeah. he said, I kind of know what that means. But he's like, the first few times he said it, I had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Hay in the barn, meat and potatoes is yeah. one they really like. They're like, what is, what is the, because who like, was Ty- it? Like Tyrese didn't know what I, kind of didn't know what I was asking him. I was like, you know, like when he says meat and potatoes, stuff like that, Tyrese's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went to the hay's in the barn. You know what, T- Timmy Allen was with us on that uh, final Longhorn Weekly show two weeks ago, and Jabari Rice, and and they got to talking about some of those some of those uh, sayings that Rodney has, and meat and potatoes came up. We all looked at each other. Jabari said, "I didn't know what that was, meat and potatoes," and then Timmy Allen said, "We finally said to coach because he goes, it's a meat and potatoes day. It's a meat and potatoes <laughs> day." We finally said, "Coach." Can we can we have some sides with that? Can we have some sides with the meat and potatoes? <laughs> so uh, that's what the NCAA is because it's a full platter. Yeah. By the way, Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. There is some uh, remodeling going on. Oh, somebody asked what that what that noise was yeah, in the background. Yeah. Craig was brushing his teeth with the uh, high powered. Yeah. You know. You know what? My electric, electric toothbrush almost sounds like that. It's it's <laughs> it's. It, Linda can tell you it's getting uh, it's getting long in the tooth, so to speak, and it's yeah. starting to kind of. But, but here's the, here's the funny thing as I take a look back there at those guys, I was uh, <clears throat> assured that the use of this room would not involve any remodeling going. I was told on. there would be no remodeling. I was told there was throughout the course. I was of the told show. no, no, no. They they finished most of the main work. They're just doing a couple other things. Well, uh, they <laughs> I was it was my understanding there was to be no drilling going uh, on. But anyway, but you know, and I spent time with Tyrese because going into the year. I talked about it. Everybody that covers this team talked about it. We talked about it on the show. How are, how are Tyrese and Marcus going to make it work? Yeah. You know, two guys that need the ball. And you throw Jabari in there now, and that's three guys mm-hmm. that, that need their touches. And, yeah. and how is this all going to work? And honestly, Craig, they've made it work better, better than I thought they were going to make it work. And, and I think all all of those guys – yeah, we knew. You know, now we know Tyrese was dealing with the wrist injury. Uh, you know, Jabari's had to have his role coming off the bench, which was unusual for him. And then, you know, Marcus. Uh, I was looking at some of the numbers he got asked during the news conference, and I went back and, and listened to some of that yesterday. And that's kind of what I wrote off of for yesterday. 
asked about you know his shooting struggles late in the regular season and through those first two games in the Big Twelve tournament, and I I went and looked at it. It was it was worse than I thought. Yeah. Uh, so against Iowa State, that win on February twenty first at Moody Center, he scored thirteen points on five of nine shooting, was three for five from three. Over his next five games, he was fourteen for sixty from the field, six for thirty one from three. Yeah. But in his answer, he said. I figured it, he's like when my shot wasn't falling, I didn't let that affect other part of my games. I I, I wanted to become a better distributor. I wanted yeah. to, you know, play better defense. Well, I went and looked at those numbers, Greg. He did uh, over those five games when he wasn't shooting well. Four point two assists per game, less than a turnover per game, two point eight steals per game. Yeah. So he brought it on both ends of the floor. And you know, you look at Tyrese. We know he had his offensive struggles, but at that point where we kind of saw Marcus taper off a little bit. Tyrese, 13 points against Baylor, uh, 15 against TCU in Fort Worth. And he told me, he said, that was the game where I really felt like myself again. He said he really felt like everything was flowing, everything was clicking. He said he really felt like, okay, I'm over the injury, I'm over whatever other issues there are. He's ready to rock and roll. Uh, and then had the 20-point game at home against Kansas, uh, 11 points on four for six shooting in that quarterfinal win. Over uh, over Oklahoma State, he had uh, nine points, shot three of eight, but was two for five from three in that semifinal win over TCU. Uh, and and again, when Marcus and Jabari had their seventeen point games, yeah, uh, you know Tyrese only had two points, was zero for eight from the field, but he grabbed four rebounds. And he's, you know, he's one of your better. He's probably one of the better rebounding guards in the Big Twelve that nobody really talks about. I know the numbers don't bear that out, but between his. His vertical jump and just how thick he is. Right, he's a really tough matchup when he can get when he can go crash the glass and rebound. Um, so all all of those guys and they all talked about you know what makes each, what what each of them do that makes each other better. You know, uh, Tyrese was saying, for example, like Jabari, he said it's details. He said if I'm if my footwork's wrong, he said, or if I dribble the ball mm-hmm. off my foot. He said he's the first guy there to remind me, like, hey, you can't let that slip. If you want to be a professional player, you've got to be a professional 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, you know, Jabari and Tyrese said with Marcus, it's just it's just that competitiveness that he has, that competitive sickness that he has that drives everybody every day. So I don't think those three guys get enough credit for making it work in the way they've made it work. Yeah, and and they're making it work really well at the right time yeah. right now it has it has kind of come together and that's made a that's made a big difference to make it to make it work well <laughs> I, love, well. I love this on the specs text line is yeah. channeling uh the dad from stepbrothers dale no power tools yeah yeah got one going on back there we do craig we do have plenty of room for activities in here there is this this particular room that we're in is a beautiful room um that it even has it its title is called windows on 7th, and it's basically on three sides, large windows that face uh, face out to the street at the corner of Locust and 7th. And um, and so we see a lot of the, the traffic going by and folks walking by and things like that. We're also uh, catty corner to a convenience store, uh, which is kind of weird to see one downtown. But you, you know how yeah. you see back in Texas, you'll see a uh, a Seven Eleven store or something like that like in the middle wall, of downtown. Like a, like a Walgreens. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. This one is the big Midwestern convenience store chain is Come and Go. And what and, could I compare Come and Go to? Come and Go is kind of like, uh, I guess, kind of like a Valero. A little bit. 
and and some of the some of the come and go locations. Or I guess more like a 7-Eleven because 7-Eleven seems like they're taking over everything now. Yeah, uh, some of the come and go locations are a little less snazzy than that one because this one's in the middle of downtown. The ones that are more outside of town are more kind of like quick trip or yeah or, or uh, QT's probably it, it's some it's somewhere in between like a Seven Eleven, your run of the mill yeah. convenience store, and a, and a QT. Yeah, that's that's, that's and you'll probably. see some that look like an Allsup's. Yeah, when you get on out of town, you'll 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 see some of that as well. Uh, they don't know. have the kind of burritos at Allsup's. No, they don't. Don't know, but they might have a pork tenderloin sandwich in that in that come and go <laughs> in there. I don't know. They might. They might. All right. Uh, so there's the notebook. Uh, for uh, for this hour, um, uh, I, next hour I want to in the early part. Well, I want to get into some bracket breakdown. We haven't done that. You and I haven't had a chance to do that. And we'll get uh, Cam. Let me ask you: uh, Have you done a bracket? Are you are you in the uh, All Stat Bracket Challenge? Have you uh, uh, have you have you filled out uh, bra- how many brackets have you filled out? Are you a bracket person? I am, but. Um I haven't even finished my first one. I'm, like, trying to do it right now in the middle of this show. It's not going too good. I'm trying to figure out if Kentucky's going to be my Final Four pick. Is Kansas State? I'm, I'm, I'm in shambles right now, guys. Oh, all right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a few minutes to finish a bracket so you can get it in before the top of the hour. And, again, online at hornfm.com, you can enter um, that uh, all-stat bracket challenge to uh to get yours in and you could win that uh, 55 inch hd tv from uh av consultations you could do that we'll talk some bracket and uh get jeff's picks and mine and and cams if he can get them together in time uh next hour we'll also hear more from rodney terry and from bob donawald next hour as well we'll do that up next inconceivable on the drippy drizzly thursday morning here in downtown des moines here on light the tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com light the tower with craig way and jeff howe inconceivable 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 you keep using the horn i don't think it means what you think it means what could inconceivable mean when you're starting the NCAA tournament. What could it possibly mean? That almost sounds like a rhetorical Bill Walton question, you know? Uh, when you think about it, Joe, what could inconceivable mean for the NCAA tournament? It's inconceivable that a team would lose in the first round. Um, I th- how about if we uh, get your uh, mic cable uh, squared away there? We had a little, oh, you know why? It's uh, much easier when you actually plug it into the uh, correct mic. Try it now. There we go. Yeah. yeah. How about yeah. that? There you go. All right. Now we're cooking with peanut oil. Yes. So um, I was going to say we're all spared from that, by the way. Yeah. Thanks he, to the CBS tournament. He's not working the tournament. The NCA would not allow that. Uh, anyway, uh, but there's but there are other things to get to. I mean, it, the NCA is produced. It's. Uh, own series of what would be con- construed as uh, inconceivable results. St. Peter's over Kentucky last year as a 15 over a 2. Also, uh, as a 15 over a 2, uh, Oral Roberts over Ohio State, Hampton beating uh, uh, Iowa State. Uh, it's happened. Was, uh, du- was Duke Lehigh a 15 2? That was a 15 2. And, and Duke. Mercer was a 14-3, I believe, when that was. I'm pretty sure Duke Lehigh was a 15-2. Was that C.J. McCollum on that Lehigh Yes, yeah. yes, well-remembered, Ab- absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, maybe there's some uh, NCAA 
inconceivable. We've got some other inconceivable stuff for you. One of the NCAA tournament sites is in North Carolina. It's in Greensboro, my hometown, which is about mm, uh, 200 miles uh, to the coast, depending on what part of the coast. The historic Greensboro Coliseum. Yeah, it is. It is. First constructed in 1959. It had an oval top. It looked a lot like Ferrell Center when it first opened. Seated about 9,500. They sheared off the roof in 1971. Double-decked and went to uh, 15,000, and that's when they had the ACC tournament there for years and years and years. Had an ABA All-Star game in there. That's where I graduated high school, walked across the stage there. Well, they needed to, they needed to uh, raise the attendance because Ric Flair and yeah. They were Black, all there. The Black Jacks, and yeah. they, were, they were selling it out. They were they were all there back in the day. And then they expanded it yet again when they got the NHL team at first before the Hurricanes uh, moved over to Raleigh, and it seats 23,000. But about 200 miles to the east of it is the historic Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, kind that's, of, where we, that's where we had dinner, right? Uh, no, we were on the, what's known as the Crystal Coast. That's okay. A, it's about 100 miles south of there. Okay. The Outer Banks is really, really wild and, and stuff, although it has kind of commercialized uh, over that. We were near Cape Lookout, which is kind of the wilder sibling of Cape House. Talking like uh, like Louisiana Swamp kind of wild? Uh, no, more like deserted island kind of wild. You know, I was, was going to go Gerald on a Friday night kind of wild, but yeah, that's, it, uh, not that's quite, a whole different level of debauchery. Yeah, not quite the same thing there. Okay. But uh, Monday of this week, they found what they called a mystery item on the beach north of the Rodanthe Pier. Rodanthe is a, is a tiny little community way out on the Outer Banks out there. Uh, I think Richard Gere and uh, Sean did a movie called Knights on Rodanthe. That, you know, the only reason I know that, because yeah. that was an adaptation of a Nicholas Sparks book that my that's wife right. read. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... It was on the nightstand for like two months. All right. Well, Rodanthe is is uh, the uh, town out there, and they found what they called an orange vessel that was 16 feet long and believed to be part of a home that washed away the same day. Dang. Yeah. Just, you know, a one-story house uh, collapsed into the ocean on Monday, and uh, they thought that this object belonged to the house, this orange thing, 16 feet long, and they were like, no, that belongs to the United States Naval Department. And then they said, we'll send somebody out to get it, and then it washed away. So what was it? They don't know. They don't know. Or they're not saying. Put it that way. I, I think it had to do with some wartime stuff because uh, down there, uh, between there and where we were, is an area called, uh, uh, actually below us, called Topsail, uh, Topsail uh, Island. And they have some old rocket launcher pads when they built by the Defense Department in World War II yeah. to, to, to ward off German uh, U-boats and submarines coming through there. So it's kind of a weird deal, a mysterious thing, and then it washed back out the sea along with the house that, that washed out. You know, they like to say it's not that the that the islands are washing away; they're permanent. The structures aren't permanent. <laughs> That's the thing that ha- that happens there because houses that aren't built to uh, for that sort of thing could be subject to it all. Obviously, the person who put that house there was not an architect major. No, want to see the uh, dinosaur that has the record-breaking neck. The longest neck they've discovered in in uh, in prehistoric it's like history. Like Merton Hanks of dinosaurs. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, it was a sauropod, a plant eater, uh, and it lumbered around what is now China 
about 162 million years ago, had a neck that was 10 feet longer than a typical school bus. Just the neck. Uh, And it's the longest of any known dinosaur, 49-and-a-half-foot-long neck. Would have allowed it to stand in one spot, it says, and hoover up the surrounding vegetation, maximizing the amount of food it can serve. Think about it, like the brontosaurus and Uh things of that ilk. Diplodocus, a lot of those. Uh You you almost have to be a plant eater because... You can't digest anything heavy with with the gullet that long. Yeah, it would take that long, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, These uh, fossilized remains called Mammanchisaurus sinocanadorum were discovered in 1987 and then first described in 1993, but it's taken them a while in a fresh analysis of the fossil. The Journal of Systematic Paleontology this week said that paleontologists used computerized topography scanning that wasn't widely available three decades ago to uh, to compare the Sanocanadorum with other related sauropods unearthed in recent years. So uh, there's your wordy quiz uh, for the day. All right, uh, a couple other things. Um, one, um, this kind of depressed me a little bit. They have a dirty dozen list of pesticide of, of vegetables that wind up on the dirty dozen list, most likely to have pesticides involved with them. Two of my favorites, green beans and blueberries. That's why you wash your veggies. Yeah, you make your sure to do it. After you get them from the grocery store. Yeah, make, sh- make sure you do that. Even, so. even the organic uh, gimmicks, so wash those too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it says kale, collard, and mustard greens contain the largest number of different pesticides, followed by hot and bell peppers. You know what's random? You yeah. know, like everybody has different triggers for different things when they eat. Yeah, like because I've, I've I've got gout, I can't eat like uh, like thick greens like that. And really? Kale. Yeah, because that stuff it's rich in. Yeah. I think it's purines or something along yeah. some of that nature. Doesn't work. Then like it'll trigger it could trigger a gout flare up. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Lentils are another thing that I'm, I'm supposed to stay away. From. Stay away from lentils. Yeah. They say anything about shellfish and red meat? Uh, just watch how much I eat. Don't don't overdo it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, we got a story from right here in downtown Des Moines. Yesterday, Des Moines. Yes, Chase Bank finally accepted the deposit of lottery winnings by a Des Moines woman eleven days after she won a hundred thousand dollars on a twenty dollars Super Twenties ticket purchase from a local convenience store. Not come and go, but Casey's General Store. That's another popular chain. Yes. Here. She struggled to get the bank to accept the check. 33-year-old Veronica Cruz, a mother of six, complained to Watchdog earlier this week that the Chase Bank, where she's a customer, froze her account, canceled her debit card, and held the Iowa lottery check issued by Wells Fargo after she tried to deposit her winnings on March 6th. The bank also sent her a message saying it might close her account to protect itself against potential fraud, even though the Iowa lottery itself had published news of her winnings on Facebook. Uh, she says she now plans to withdraw the money and open another bank account at a different yeah. institution. She said she felt she'd been profiled as a Latina by employees at the branch on Southeast 14th, which is about a mile from where we are right now. So the bank's corporate media relations department has not responded to that. There's been no explanation, no apology. They just took the deposit finally, and she said, fine, I'm going to withdraw it all. Yeah, uh, not that I was profiled or anything, and nor was it lottery winnings, but there was some shady stuff done at a bank that might share the name with the building. Oh, yeah? Yeah, later today. I did the same thing. I was like, you know what? I'll just take my banking business elsewhere. Yeah. 
stay away from that one, huh? Yeah. That brand's not for you. Okay. All right. Uh, second hour uh, coming up here of Light the Tower. From here in Des Moines, we're going to hear more from Rodney Terry. Also, uh, my conversation with Bob Donawal, the one-time coach of the Iowa Energy in this town. So we'll uh, hear that. It's coming up. We've got another Longhorn Notebook as well as we bring you hour number two of Light the Tower here inside of the NCAA tournament in downtown Des Moines, Iowa, on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260, or we're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. <laughs> 